Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to Lofty Darwinism. I wanted to give you a quick note off the top that my sound was terrible because I screwed up the recording. Uh, hopefully this is better. It won't happen again in the future. Well, we don't for sure know that. But Darwin and I uh, got on the phone Sunday night. I think it's an interesting topic. Hope you like the rest of the show. And uh, please, uh, the audio won't be this bad another time. Uh, bear with us. Thanks for uh, being a part of the Lofty Darwinism family. I came to first class reels. I was trying to find someone to do my reel for me. The reason I wanted to get my reel done was because every like agent I'd run into or manager would be like, so can I see some of your work? And I'd be like, I don't have a reel. When we were done and I sent it out to people I've been networking with and I got an agent out of it. And right now I'm talking to a manager after they've seen my reel. So it really was bang for my buck. Like I got exactly what I wanted. So first class reels, do it. You will not regret it. Trust me. You know objective truth, Darwin? Math. That's not objective truth. Math is objective. No, it's not. Yes, it, it doesn't it fully describe reality. There's no chance you've objectively described reality. You haven't. Let the record show that Lauren is bored. Welcome off Darwinism. I'm Matt Lofton. I'm Darwin. Here's where we talk about politics. Trying to evolve the conversation. Ah, uh, that's uh, horrible, horrible. Welcome to Lofty Darwinism. We are here today to uh, talk about the April public forum topic. Uh, what What is it, Matt? Uh, it's called being a day late and a dollar short. Uh, actually, no. It is. It was. We were just looking for the topics because we always try to do uh, the LD one. But this is the United States ought to replace the electoral college with a direct national popular vote. And I so thoroughly immediately disagreed with it. I mean, if I was debating, I'd have to take both sides, but I still wanted to do this. And Darwin, you were sort of mixed. Uh, if you, Hillary Clinton is our president, are you happier now? So let's just make it about that. Okay. Well, okay. I, I think that you really do inject an extremely different, like, start from the beginning, the type of politics that we have. And I feel like it's playing with fire a little bit because our, Nash, our, our elections would change massively in a hugely different way. And the question is whether we destroy everything in the process of doing that. Like that's the question if – because there's a certain amount of republicanism in the electoral college, the diffusion of our politics into having these like extra steps – and kind of like weird extra rules, specifically the idea that geographically our communities are represented, you yeah, know, in we a are, way that... It's an emergent representation of ourselves. Like, you were conceptualizing yeah. ourselves as states in this right. instance. And we're saying, important. look, it's not perfect. The math shifts. Obviously, Trump lost by three million votes. It's a big deal. But if you said it like this and you said, look, Texas and Florida and North Carolina and Michigan and Wisconsin all wanted Trump to be president, and you take all of their populations and you added all the populations that want Hillary to be president, they say, well, Trump wins that. So conceptually, you're thinking of ourselves as like the sum of our parts in separation. Right, and we are, and all those people are paying taxes to the same place and dealing with their own local government. And like, there's an emergent uh, you know, entity that are these states that have a voting interest in the national system that may actually even be different at times than what the individual wants, right? My federal desires may be different than what my state is, or my may vote for what my state wants, and like it, it may get, it has a collective will that gets to be put towards the decisions that are that 
towards who is the federal executive, right? Like, that is important. Each of our state, like Montana, has a ton of mineral rights, has a ton of land, has, you know, all, you know, they are voting about that. That is a sovereign, like, entity that, that the electoral college on some level protects its emergent right to exist. Right, and that's part of why the electoral college, in my opinion, is a good thing, is because if we care about the states, if we think that that matters at all, I mean, maybe we don't, then it it, it protects the the fifty different or however many eventually different, you know, republics that are experiments that are trying for what will eventually be useful at federal level. Well, it's kind of like imagine this scenario. Let's say that. Two island communities in the middle of the ocean sprang out of nowhere and developed their own communities. They didn't know about each other. So they're, they're islands. And then they meet each other. Like their populations meet. And they history. say, yeah, let's, let's form a democracy. Oh, they say, okay. And then the, one of the islands says, well, I think that we should you know, kill all the fish on your island or something like that. And the other one says, well, I don't want to do that. And they say, okay, well, let's take a vote. So if there's one more person on the island that doesn't want the fish killed than the other ones, then they lose. So there's a certain amount of democratic majoritarianism that can really be an issue that sidesteps the actual reality of the issues. Like in that instance, you're talking about them as islands, as like separate communities. So even if there's a lopsided population on one side – like the culture and the ideas of one island is in this instance equal to the culture of the other one right. in the electoral college system. Right, and and it, and that's a it it becomes pretty much the same when there's only two islands. But when you have fifty islands that all get two votes, right? Then even if you do get a like, it's important that they balance each other out. Those collective island wills, the collective island cultures, are all voting as majorities, right? And there, and that's and that's an important part of who should run the overall system, right? There may be a majority of people scattered throughout that whole all of the cultures who are like each other. However, in any given place, they may not be the majority, and they may not really represent. And that's clearly what we have here, right? Like that's clearly where we're at. Is there are a lot of Democrats in Texas? They're not the majority, or at least they weren't in this election. There are a lot of Democrats in Ohio. But the body would vote for Trump. Like it's not these majorities aren't. Like, these states have emergent wills that matter towards the federal collective, and I think we just need better conversations with them. Like I, I think they need to be protected. I should say. Like, I, Is our, everything that we just said complete bullshit in the age of the internet? No, because again, Montana and Texas have mineral rights. You know, like. Florida has a coastline. Like, no. Like, they have the wetlands. We do. We care about that. The people of Florida care about that. They get to vote for that. The people of Texas get to vote for that. Okay, but if it comes down to, like, if one side starts incarcerating the other side at a larger rate, you know, like, with Trump's immigration background, things like that, don't those start to take a certain, I don't know, priority, you know, a human rights priority over... You know, just the conservation of the wetlands, things like that. I mean, are we, are we protecting an old idea of geography based on outdated ideals? Why do you think that Trump eventually couldn't win a national popular vote, right? The easier thing to win is on some level a national popular vote. Because you can get it, like, no. Like, 
the 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 wave is only protected by the the like if Trump got ahead this time on this system, Bush got ahead on this system, but like it doesn't mean it will sustain someone like Trump. It just means it will have to balance and it will have to like be a little chaotic. And in that chaos, people get a little bit humbled and no one runs roughshod over our republic. Like that's the important part. You know, these entities get a little protection from any one executive just saying, fuck all of you. Or any one legislature just saying, fuck it, everything. Like that's why it's important that we have states. And that's why we it's important that the state, that the Electoral College protects their right to be states and their right to exist. <laughs> well, also, and it, it preserves the institution of our democracy. Of our republic. Know, because... Of our republic. <laughs> Not well, our democracy. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. It is a republic. I mean, it, it's, it's absolutely true. And I, I am very appreciative of the yeah. fact that it is a republic. Why don't we talk about I that? I do think, well, okay, so the, you know, like it, it's it's along the same lines of what we've been saying but it's just essentially this the idea of saying that if you're in a community and there's a thousand people in the community and you say you want to like hash out a, a you know a sewer system you want to you want to figure out like a sewer system you don't all get together in a gigantic room and shout about what you think the best solutions right. would be you send someone to look like hash it out themselves, they come back and report. And theoretically, that person that you send represents your voices. That's a republic. A democracy right. is the well, thousand people in the room also, shouting together. And also, a democracy, a democracy is the lie that individuals are all equal in a way of capacities, right? And that's just not true or good for society, right? Everyone has different skills and different contributions, and that's what makes society work together, right? And those dip and like, if every person has to vote on every single issue like a fucking expert, no one's an expert on anything, right? So you have to rely on others. Some people are going to be good representatives, are going to be good, Repo- you know, good Republicans. Let's look for that. Oh, I'm sorry, that's a cheap shot. That's a cheap <laughs> shot. Um, but no, like that's that's really important. Like, it's. What I think about foreign policy should only be mildly important, right? Like, it, it, there is a very good reason that we don't have to vote bills at 300 million person votes. You know what I mean? Like, that would be fucking impossible. And no one could know that much. And so when we even poll people about what they think about healthcare, it's still just kind of goes back to what we talked about with Ben, which is feelings and not facts. And so we are yell the Republicans are yelling about Obamacare on feelings and not facts. They feel it's terrible. The facts are different. Republicans like like all these it just becomes very much so that I think that I, I, we get a little off track because I went try to go back to uh, to, th- uh, to thinking and feelings, but uh, well, but okay, but, it, yeah. but it's all along the themes of us getting a little egocentric yeah. and narcissistic about our own capacity right. to make decisions on all things, everywhere, exactly. all the time, and be perfect about it. It's like that, yeah. That's that's the world we all live that's, in. It's like you see this article. It's like, well, these idiots 
you know, fucking say this. And we're saying that, well, I, it's obviously that. I and just, you read that article and you're like, well, I agree. And then you, you're immovable. You're impossible. Like it's very easy to take a string of true things yeah. and tell a very false story with it. Right. We are not all capable of immediately spotting that story because we're unfamiliar with the history. We're unfamiliar with the context. I mean, I just got lost in my own conversation trying to make <laughs> the point like we are fucking completely fallible people. <laughs> and like the thought that we don't you, live You are a, fallible, oh, my friend. Darwin, I mean, let's, I know you've evolved past foul, uh, fast flaws. Um, but <laughs> Wait, fast laws? Uh, past flaws. Oh, past flaws. Uh, past oh, yeah. flaws. Uh, <laughs> I have all past fast laws as well, which are my least favorite laws. Fast laws. Like, you like slow laws? Um, I do like the slow laws better. Um, so, uh, if you had to, so, so just to make it a quick one, because at the end of the day, if you could abolish the Electoral College, would you? Hmm. I would seriously consider it, because... You know, just thinking about it, I I feel like we need to learn that de- direct democracy isn't always a good thing. And I think the Electoral College is based on geographical regions that no longer really define us. We're all urbanizing, you know? A- we are all urbanizing. <laughs> You live on the coast, you elite. I mean, I'm in deep. The humanity is urbanizing. By 2050, it's going to be like 80%. I think, I, I I think that, that like, there's going to be a re-ruralization because people are going to want to live. Like, there'll be a more small towns because you're going to have more resources in those areas. I think there's going to be a, re, a de-urbanization. Like, I think you're seeing a pack-in of millennials these cities. Well, They're being I way don't know too that there's expensive. any evidence for de-urbanization so if you if it's true Yo, you're gonna be in june well, he, 2015 <laughs> no one believes he, donald trump was going to be elected except for me matt lofton did call me on that day we don't have a recording because we weren't doing lofty darwinism was an intern, I'm not but really, really. he did record me and he like he like the first moment that he that trump uh came in and matt oh. was like donald trump's gonna be I president mean, I, look, in a one year, I remember I, specifically you said, I think he's going to win, and I think we all need to start getting prepared for that. And yeah. I can say from, a, from, from my own heart that not a single one of us did. Yeah. And the thing, and like, uh, he, I, Nevertheless, there is no evidence for, that deurbanization is happening. We're moving to I'm, the cities. I, and as a result, I'm evidence. Uh, like, I, like one person, politics, I'm the trend. Okay, uh, you're moving from a city to a city. But, you're not actually deurbanizing. I mean, kind of, but I'm moving. Like, Amarillo has 180,000 people. It's in almost 200,000 now. Uh, yeah, 200,000. Oh, sure, you're deurbanizing. Maybe I'll live in Canyon. J.D. Morrison wants me to live in Canyon. Um, and maybe he'll come on the podcast sometime. He listens to this and knows he got called out. Um, but no, like you know, I I, 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 I feel the pull away from the megalopolis that is the East Coast, you know. And I think that that's going to be. I mean, now maybe you know Charlotte gets everybody. Who knows? But uh, I think there will be some level of like not excerpts, but it'll be. I I don't know. I I mean I think Bozeman's going to have a, a lot more people living in it. If I, you know, it's going to be weird shit like that. Point being. In this day and age, you're bi-coastal. You know, you're, you're living, you know, 
you're, you're living in D.C., you're going back to Texas. Are you a different person? I, no. Like, you know, why does our electoral college, college system try to capture you as though you're a, rep, a representative of, of Texas or representative of Washington, D.C., which technically doesn't get representation? But, you know, like, that doesn't define you well, anymore. Okay, I would not say Texas Matt Lawson does, from be, Texas is the I first would, most no, important no, no, thing no. about I it. Want Texas, I want my vote to be part of a Texas collective as well. Like, that's fine. If I was in living in Texas, I want my D.C. voting from a D.C. collective. Like, it's fine. But, but you, do you want that collectivism to be enshrined in our Constitution to the extent that it it can throw an election oh, no, I mean, like, if I was three million? It, like, is I that, think, are you that interested? I think what I would I would say is I think you would take the Senate votes in the Electoral College, essentially the two votes for every state, and they would go the way of the uh, of the majority, and then it would be proportional for everything else. Right, so it could still happen. A minority candidate could still win the electoral college if they got the majority of states, right? Because they'll get two two votes for every state. But it would be proportional based on uh, the popular vote in every single state. Um, what we thought about it as like the islands in the sea. One island is the urban areas, and the other island is the rural areas. Because that's what it was that was was on the conversation when the founding fathers wrote it. So that's obviously always been an issue. And I think that what you're seeing with Trump was that the island of the rural areas got benefited from our system and got an outsized representation in this round. You know, like that seems like the that is the most accurate way to describe this. this and those, election. all of those people America would say that punched above their weight. All of those people would say that they've been underrepresented for forever, especially the last eight years. And that while you've been living in neighborhoods that progressively gotten higher in rents, people where we're from, well, not Emerald is fine, but like other places have been living in, you know, mild decay. Right, the ex servers are going like so. While we get a new CVS and a taqueria, like that we like, uh, someone else gets you know their warehouse closed, and we don't see that. All right, and that's and that was the reality of Obama years to some extent. Right, there was great growth in certain parts of this country, but other areas, they're just big. They're just large retailers who destroyed the mom and pop stores, and they're all about to go down. Think about those. Think about what's about to happen across America to those giant department stores, Darwin. How necessary are they anymore? Think about what's about the carnage that's about to hit the American economy. It's going to be scary. Oh, yeah, man. And, like, there is real opportunity. It's going to be coding is what it is. Everybody, you know, everybody's learning to, like, how many, like, how many friends do you know are taking coding right now? You know? Uh, Yeah, that's one Oh my God! Horrible pun. So, but coding is the future. Like we're we're shifting to the to the internet. Yeah. We're shifting to media. We're shifting to exchanging ideas virtually as our primary like goal. Yeah. Like that's what we're all doing. So, how do you monetize that? That's the question. And I can guarantee you, you don't monetize that in a giant outlet store. No. No. Wait. Or do you? I got I got off track because I had a weird idea about t-shirts. Uh, <laughs> in my mind. Well, I, let's have the t-shirt conversation. Let's like real quick, very minor detour. What's the t-shirt um, conversation? And uh, is just 
how do we like i'm thinking about how like we're not going to sell a big retail store but just i'd like to be able to get our listeners new t-shirts um and we've got the ones going on but just it was uh thinking about how to package it with like if we gave away a t-shirt like if we got an email right and the every if we got to 100 emails and we drew it like the hundredth person who gives us an email gets a free t-shirt or something from us like we want to grow our listener base and our audience and start uh, being able to talk to more people and trying to think about what sort of giveaways or things we could do that okay. would help people. Let, let me let me throw this at you what if instead of doing t-shirts with our big ugly yeah i don't like those that much we just it's just sort of like um we 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 make the logo very small and then put like an idea on it just like an idea like 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 we 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 give out ideas as or like that'd be possible or i mean survival of the fittest we're not really like that carnal here but like survival of fittest idea has come back to me a lot as a slogan for this um because some level we are trying to grapple with what ideas mean in conflict and concert with each other um, through our conversation. And that was a lot of alliteration um, for no reason other than trying to make a point. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, we would like to think of, we, what kind of t-shirts would you like? Reach out to us on Facebook, email Darwin, email me. Um, if there's anything else, like what, you know, I, I like the idea like, um, like what idea would we give out? But that seems pretentious. So is a lot of this podcast. So, you know. uh, yeah. Have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that people would slap their palms into their face and say, "Well, my God, they're suddenly being pretentious." Yeah. Uh, fair. Fair point. You know, and I, we're gonna have Joe Blank on later this week, which is kind of this is gonna be. A, I think we should release this as just a nice short podcast. This one. Joe Blank's coming on Thursday. Hopefully that'll be out for the weekend. Uh, talk a little more about the military. We, he's, as he put it, we've gotten lucky to have very topical um, podcasts recently. Erin Moore was great talking about United. Uh, her time at Delta was extremely useful to us. And, um, if there's any guests you think we should have on or interesting stories, uh, we're going to go back to the French election soon uh, with more people who have uh, more interesting thoughts about it. But, um, yeah, this has been fun. Darwin, you have any more thoughts? Besides you want to be like pro college to stand forever or not? Let us wrap up yeah. the electoral conversation. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because I feel as though we're on the verge right now of having a genuine constitutional crisis. Yeah. I don't think that people are going to, like stand a second Trump term. You're already seeing the Democratic 2020 hopefuls parading about going on talk shows, getting themselves prepared for a run. The idea of what our future is, is going to take on an existential tone. Why are we clinging to the Electoral College? In my view, the only defense is just the outright preservation of our institutions at a time when many of them are falling apart. I'm going to just tell you why you're wrong right now. Because we all just need to calm the fuck down. Well, we don't. Democrats need to stay really hungry. But here's how it's going to work. He's going to be elected to a second term, but it's going to look really different in 2018. The, like, 
the Democrats are going, if they can get their shit together at all, are going to take back the House and the Senate. And then he's going to have to work with them. They're going to legislate. They're going to sign bills. And in 2020, unfortunately, we're going to get the second term of Donald Trump with a bunch of Democratic accomplishments under his belt because he doesn't really care. Okay? And at the end of the day, the like, there's like the will to get something done in this country is finally, I think, going to outweigh party and policy. They're just going to vote for the legislature that will get something done. And I think the moderates of this country all know that if Democrats have both houses in the Senate and Donald Trump is in the White House, he's going to sign what they put there. And he's also going to call bullshit and be entertaining. It's go. I know it's going to frustrate everyone. I know there's a lot of resist signs up. And like, probably wrong. Maybe, you know, I, I, I make wrong predictions all the time. I just don't tell you about them um, afterwards. Uh, but I, I genuinely think that it's going to look, I think, just eyes on 2018. If Democrats can win 2018, it looks very different. Very, very different. I... I strongly encourage all of our listeners to check out the uh, intelligence website, stratford.com. Is that it, it genuinely has an amazing uh, capacity to look into the future. It's a geopolitical forecasting site. Stratford. And it predicts that uh, Stratford, S-T-R-A-T-F-O-R.com. Uh, definitely check it out. You can get a few free articles per month. It... Um, it predicts that Trump is going to really push hard and get some legislative wins on trade. That's that's basically what it's saying. Obviously, there's, you know, uncertainty in all of this. You know, like like experts, no expert, you know, yeah. besides Matt saw Trump coming. So you know, things get shit. They get shit wrong. But I do agree that if, that if Trump starts notching wins on trade, you're right. It would it was very 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 effectively quiet down the, the, the kind of like rancor that's happening in our po- politics I, I mean the only other random side note I'm going to tell people listeners to go do is just go and listen to the argument that the administration made before the Supreme Court about the new immigration rules and the interpretation of naturalized, naturalized citizens saying that if they lied about anything essentially they could be no longer made citizens anymore and like Justice Roberts thought it was ridiculous. Like, they just shut it down. Our Supreme Court came through, listened to it. Um, It's really interesting. Um, But that's my only, like, go check it out for the week. Because it's, thank God, go Supreme Court, go Roberts for one. Yeah. Also, the the Alex Jones defense for in his child custody hearings, I thought was a fascinating must-read in which essentially – uh, his ex his ex wife accused him of of being a horrible person and pointed to all of his on air rants as evidence. And his lawyers argued that all of it was comedy and satire, and not actual like representations of his belief. And so it came down to this basic Alex Jones trying to argue that he wasn't actually real, and his ex wife arguing that he was actually sincere in those beliefs. I thought it was a fascinating representation of what what's going on right now. That's- Amazing. Joe Rogan likes Alex Jones a lot, oh, I know. There was a, if you want to get to the bottom of how crazy Alex Jones is and like the moments where he seems just sane and he's crazy again, listen to the Joe Rogan podcast with Alex Jones. It's interesting. It's three hours of nuts. He gets him really drunk and really high and, and it's hilarious. 
Um, you know, so yeah, and there's moments where you're like, oh, and then you're like, wait, why am I agreeing with Alex Jones? Wait, no, he's crazy. And it's just, it's nuts. Like, you will understand how he gets people on his site, and then you'll just pray you get out of the wormhole before you ever believe a second thought. That's exactly how, like, that's what I was like, nope, nope, you have to stop. Like, because, like, you know how, like, occasionally a conspiracy theorist will hit on something that seems kind of true? Or, like, yes. like, he does it enough to be annoying. Uh, and that's what I would say about it. And, and, and like, because <laughs> like, it's not. It's ridiculous. And then he just takes it off a cliff three seconds later. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's go listen to it. That's so interesting. Right. And on that note, we've solved the electoral college question. Yep, we we have solved <laughs> that. Uh, you know, it probably should exist. Maybe. Oh, no. All right. Um, the real question should thanks, have been. Matt. Yeah. Ah, sorry, the real question should have been: Is it possible to analyze this outside of Hillary Clinton having lost and Donald Trump having won? And the answer is probably not right now. So, lofty Darwinism. We'll see you later.